episode-by-episode podcast review of CBS's action-adventure series, MacGyver. I'm Patrick O'Reilly. And I'm Rich Moss. And today we'll be tackling Season 3, Episode 14, The Odd Triple. The original air date for this episode was February 29th, 1988. Ah. So, a leap year, uh, much like this year. Uh, it was directed by James L. Conway, and it was written by Stephen Candell. So a couple series regulars mm-hmm. come in to direct uh, a pretty solid episode. Um, why don't we discuss this episode in brief? Uh, in this episode, MacGyver and Jack are reunited and then tricked into flying uh, to France and are inadvertently smuggling jewels only to be arrested and accused of stealing them. Right. Um and we have Vernon Wells coming back. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Very good to see him again. Guest of the show. Um, so we start basically at MacGyver's house as he's coming home. Right. From a trip. He yeah. just got off a plane. Yeah, he's, he's returning from a three-week-long mission. He's exhausted. He's tired. Uh, but he's welcomed home by Jack. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he immediately, immediately tells Jack to go home. And Jack's all, well... This, this is, home. is home. And MacGyver has the best reaction where he just kind of like, Ugh, just like <laughs> flops himself over like the rope railing of his stairs. Yeah. Um, and uh, basically, um, Jack keeps going further in detail about this plan that he's laid out that's going to be great. Yeah. Completely and, legit. Uh, and uh, to prove it, he brought some like a, an actual presentation in the form <laughs> of he recorded a news broadcast earlier that day of. Um, they're they're discussing on the news how some are they royal jewels? They're actual like the, yeah, property the, well, of a royal family. A royal family. Yeah. The, the Lepescu yeah. or Q jewels were being sold, and the uh, woman who purchased them is some uh, heiress to a shipping fortune named Elena Iturbe. Iturbe, right? But they don't show her on the screen. Correct. But apparently, she got in contact with Jack and mm-hmm. said, "I need a pilot to take these to France." Um, because my pilot vanished. Yeah, I had two pilots set up and they never even showed up. Mm-hmm. So um, I need you to fly me to Toulon, France. Um, and Jack has a plane, apparently, and yeah. is totally willing to do it. Unless well, this is it, her it's, plane. It's, it's her plane. Oh, okay. So yeah. she has the plane, she just, her pilots never showed yeah. up. Like, and they I, never really explain what happened to the pilots. It, yeah, well, well, they, don't, you, they explain what happens to the real pilots. But they never explain what happens to, to her fake her pilots. Fake pilots. Yeah, that that made it so that she needed to reach out to someone suddenly. Yeah, yeah we're getting a little ahead of ourselves here. Spoiler alert. But um, yeah, she just says, some of my, my, my pilots are missing, uh-huh. and so I need a pilot right away. And so she gets in contact with Jack Dalton. She thinks she can trust him because he's a smuggler. Yeah. But that or, she can like hold it over his head or... Or I guess just by the fact that... Uh, if they got caught, maybe it would look bad for him. For him, so she could like, place the blame on him. Exactly, because yeah. he's got a record. Yeah. Um, or, or if, but also maybe that he's someone who can improvise. Should the situation get bad, right? Which they do. Uh, coming up. <laughs> yeah, and so Jack basically lays it out to MacGyver as this is going to get me out of your hair. Like this is, I'm finally going to get mm-hmm. Air Dalton off the ground, literally. Yeah. And it's going to be. It's going to be my business finally started, and I'll, I'll never bother you for anything again, basically. Which is the only reason he gets MacGyver to come along as a co-pilot. Right. Um, 
Which is really dangerous because MacGyver says he is wasted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he just got off a plane and he, and he makes the point when he walks in the door. I was wasted. <laughs> it's going to be... Which is a soundbite you'll probably hear again on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just looking forward to all the times it will be used. <laughs> um, so uh, we immediately cut to them at the airport. And uh, they are getting ready to. Uh, Jack is going to get the plane warmed up, and MacGyver stays with Mrs. Turbe as she signs for and accepts the jewels from the auction. Right. And you know they have them in a nice case. Although I don't feel that the case was particularly well put together because like there's jewels on the bottom and on the the lid. Yeah. So and, that when you close it, they're just clacking against. Yeah. Each other. It's like oh no no. <laughs> They're all diamonds. They're not going to scratch each other. Yeah, you can't. They can only you can't scratch... scratch a diamond with a diamond. Yeah, oh, but but there are also rubies and emeralds. They could be scratched. Yeah, there's all sorts of stuff in here that could be ruined. Um, uh, she signs and accepts uh the the delivery, and as they're walking toward the plane, two men come out of a uh, one of the offices, yell stop, but then immediately start opening fire. Yeah, they they don't even wait long enough to determine that this is officially the people with the jewels or anything. Yeah. They well, just start shooting at MacGyver, who's unarmed, standing at the end of the yeah. the ladder into the plane. Yeah, Miss Turbe yells, it's thieves, and hides in the plane. And so, you know, Max signals for Jack to, to, to take the plane down the tarmac, just, yeah. just to get it going. And luckily, there's a fire truck there. It's not a fire, it's a foam truck, right. you know, for, for flame-retardant foam. Yeah, and, and they just blast these two guys with yeah. it so that they knock them to the ground. Yeah, they, they, they have been... You, I believe you described it as like stay puffed marshmallow. Yeah, yeah, they're just completely covered in stay puffed marshmallow, um, and they just get knocked to the floor as the plane takes off. Now, do they explain something about the the radios being out or no way to communicate with the plane? Well, um, they do in a way because as MacGyver gets on the plane and they take off, you know, she, she congratulates them on subduing the thieves, and yeah. she says, "I have a radio phone. I will report them to the authorities." Right. Um, why anyone isn't trying to get in contact with the plane? Yeah, like land immediately. They wouldn't be you speaking were under with arrest. Like the, yeah. Um, or like they haven't been intercepted, uh, by like F eighteen or something yeah, like that. Yeah. You know. Uh, no, no one's making any attempt to stop them, and they filed a flight plan, unless they just assumed it was a fake flight plan and threw it out. But I feel like even if she does claim to have some kind of a radio, that they would always have headphones on in the cockpit and be in communication right. with the towers and someone not. would have said what are you doing like we have reports that st- uh, stolen stuff is on your plane like yeah. don't leave town yeah and and they must have had to signal a tower when they land in toulon uh yeah to, that they need to run to land yeah of course maybe the officials just said let them land <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> tell them everything that, to get them on the ground yeah because so, otherwise they'll just keep flying forever because yeah. apparently they're they're in a magic plane. Yeah. Because the, what they're flying is a, a Cessna Citation One, and they're flying it from Los Angeles to Toulon, France. But it's like, yeah, it's max like four passenger plane, the way they have it loaded. And um, according to the Internet Movie Plane Database, uh, this trip is about four times the plane's range. Yeah. So there's no way they could have made it the whole way to France without three stops where they yeah, for minimum, sure would have been minimum three. Yeah. Yeah, minimum three, and they would have been stopped, and said, and someone would have said, "Hey, you're you're flying stolen materials. You're all under arrest." 
Unless, like you suggested, maybe they're doing mid-air refuels. Like, somehow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, the pilots didn't show up for the first flight, but the ones that she was counting on for mid-air refueling. Yeah, the, the, those they guys are it. always on time. Yeah. They have to be. That's their job. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, MacGyver and uh, Turby ha- have, a, have a slight moment on the plane where they're talking about money and what good money can do for who. And and uh, Turby is basically, well, it's my money. I can do whatever I want with it. Yeah. Um, and uh, she... I'm going to say the line because it's important later yeah. that she mentions that she's going, when she gets home, she's going to celebrate by going down into her wine cellar and choosing a bottle of champagne. Yeah. Uh, to reward herself. To reward herself. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so as they land in Toulon, uh, she's immediately picked up by a helicopter and she says, Oh, you know, go to your hotel. I'll wire the payments to you, blah, blah, blah. And the helicopter, leaves off in one direction and uh police cars and uh, vehicles storm the tarmac and jack believes it to be like an escort or the press or something like that but in fact the police and that's why they had police cars um and they just uh take aim at them and say that they're under arrest yeah but they they don't even bother to follow the helicopter that nope. le- clearly left with passengers from the plane that they've been waiting Correct. for to land this is a very shoddy operation for the yeah. police. I mean, do the police know that they were going to Toulon? Well, they filed a flight plan. That that's Jack's part of Jack's evidence that they were innocent is like, would would thieves file a flight plan? Yeah, like that really makes no sense. Uh, and they're being interrogated by uh, the character of Inspector Andre. Right. And uh, Andre is willing to do whatever it takes to solve this case for himself, so he can get a promotion. Even to the point of not setting allowing their them, passports on yeah, fire, setting their passport on fire, not allowing them to call their embassy, uh, uh, not going to anyone else in the precinct about uh, confirming their identity or or proving that that they uh, are who they say they are. Yeah. Uh, and so you know he keeps asking where Iturbe is, and MacGyver and Jack are still under the impression that this Iturbe was the real Aturbe. Right. But she wasn't. Right. She was found, the real wealthy heiress was found bound and gagged with her flight crew. So that's the original flight crew that the real Aturbe hired. Yeah. But they never explain what happened to the the people that were hired that Jack was replacing. Exactly. Uh, which is weird. They just keep kind of saying, oh, well, they just disappeared. Why couldn't they just have them have hired Jack? Well, I think that, that, that was where the problem presented itself was that they were just like, why would this woman trust a complete stranger with $32 million? Yeah. And the only reason is because she had to. Mm. Which, But I feel like they could have worked some kind of an organic reasoning yeah. into... Like, maybe maybe they also found the fake pilots bound and gagged, and Jack did that because he wanted the business. <laughs> like, Jack's really taking initiative this yeah. time. Uh, Somehow he got some people... Or he's posing as her pilot because mm-hmm. he wanted the business. And he's like, I'm going to tell her later, but I need two guys. She had yeah. two pilots. Got to knock out two guys with two more guys. Yeah. And then knock out those guys. I'm not going to help you knock people out, Jack. No, no, no. You don't need to. I already did it. <laughs> They're already out. <laughs> we just got to either let them go in two days or in three days not worry about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if we get held up for any reason, that's... They're, they're, they're fine. We don't need to come back. <laughs> so dark <laughs> uh, 
uh, so from here we go far across France to Donay, uh, the winery where yeah, Domaine Donay, Domaine Donay, where uh, Elena Iturbi Fake revealed at this point to be named Leanne yeah. uh, is meeting with Vernon Wells playing Donay. Yeah, Paul Donay. And uh, he's even curious about who he hi- who she hired yeah, for the play. He's like, who did, who did you? Who where did, did you, you find this guy? <laughs> um, and he says that he'll check them out. Which you think if he followed through, he would realize that MacGyver works for the Phoenix Foundation, which is a big deal. But and I also wonder what the good of checking them out is if they've already been arrested in your place. Exactly. Like they don't know where you're going. You guys are fine. Yeah, you're, you guys were in the clear, really. Yeah. Um, but if he did bother to check them out and he found out that MacGyver worked for the Phoenix Foundation, he'd probably be worried. Yeah, because that's the loose ends. Like because someone's gonna come in a previous life, Paul Donay went by a different name. Yeah. And uh, he had a hotel casino in the Virgin Islands, and a fellow by the name of MacGyver thwarted mm-hmm. his plan. Um, so it's no surprise that he's still here stealing jewels. Yeah. Per usual. That that's, that is his business. Yeah. Uh, so, Danae reveals that the buyers are on their way to come and auction off the jewels. Yeah, they've invited three people to this sort of dark auction of, mm. of stolen material that yeah. very publicly stolen. Everyone knows that what they're bidding on is right. stolen goods, which is good because if you've if you've stolen the jewels, you want it publicized, right? Yeah, because because otherwise people wouldn't know. They would say these are fake because. The jewels have been delivered to this place. Yeah, we, we haven't heard anything about a robbery. Right. Um, Which is why they probably actually wouldn't have reported the jewels stolen on the newspaper. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're better thieves than these guys. <laughs> it just reminds me of, I think it was the Hope Diamond, when the Hope Diamond was being transported to the Smithsonian, mm. that they literally just, like, mailed it. And then they had, like all this news information about a ship that was being guarded by by like gunships that would be moving with it across the ocean that it was yeah. going to be like heavily like militarily protected and it turned out they just put it in the mail <laughs> so that they could just throw people off but it was it was highly publicized how it was being transported that's the way you got to do it yeah. the bait and switch is what they call it yeah but if it gets lost the in boston mail, bank <laughs> the boston bank uh back at the police station uh you know, Jack's. This is where Jack reveals that, like, I followed a flight plan. Like, who, yeah. who who would do that? And that almost maybe would have convinced uh, Andre, uh, but then he brings in another uh, guy, another guy, Mister Braz, who is the head of Iturbe's security, the real Iturbe. Yeah. And um, he is one of the guys that MacGyver foamed, who shouldn't have been opening fire on uh, on him without knowing who he's shooting at. Yeah, could yeah. Been, That could have just been, like, a member of the airport, someone who worked at the airport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, who was just seeing the plane off. He doesn't know. Um, but this looks bad for MacGyver and yeah. Jack when when they are being positively ID'd as accomplices. Right. Um, so they bring them to a different interrogation room. Yeah. Um, but before that, we have... Uh, Pete at the Phoenix Foundation. Right. He gets in first thing in the morning and he's, and his secretary's already in his office. Yeah. She's, she's very nosy, but then she even has to say that she didn't listen to his private messages. Yeah. But he says, did I get any calls? And she says, no, but you missed a call. So listen to your messages. Yeah. (laughs) Which is like, so I got it. I got, you could have said yes. And she said, I didn't listen to it. Don't worry. Even though we already know that she listened to it. 
Yeah. She's made it very clear that she, like, snoops into his business and mm-hmm. keeps evidence from cases. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. She's the, the worst secretary. Yeah. Or the best. Or the best, yeah. Yeah. Comes I, in handy. Isn't that what, uh, in, in J. Edgar, uh, the movie, they made it seem like uh, when J. Edgar was taken uh, subdued in the hospital when, and Nixon tried to come in and take all the records, yeah. the, the secretary had burned everything, you know, yeah, like, yeah, gone yeah. through and destroyed everything that, that he, she could. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Pete is listening to the message from MacGyver and it's, you know, it's a, it's like, it's like a funny little message of Pete, you better sit down. All right. Now that you're sitting, yeah. like I'm helping Jack, uh, sit down, Pete. Like yeah. Pete's like getting up and angry. He's like, Jack Dalton is nothing but trouble before you say Jack is nothing but trouble. Um, and he, and MacGyver casually mentions the, the jewels shipment. And that's when Pete looks at his newspaper and sees the article about the heist. What have you gotten yourself into? Yeah. And uh, so he, he calls in Helen and is like, get me on the first flight to Toulon, France. And uh, so now Pete is on his way. And now back in France. I wish when, when Pete landed, they would have had a clip of him landing. And he was like, ah, France, it's been Toulon. <laughs> and he laughs to himself. <laughs> And he, like, nudges the person sitting next to him. And they're just like, flip him off. Get, get off the plane. Get out. Get out. <laughs> you did nothing but snore the whole time. <laughs> I was dreaming up that joke. Do you hear the Too long. Huh? It's, it's been too long. Right? Anyway. Because this is too long. Yeah, this joke. We're, we're carrying this on too this long. This joke is going on way too long. So back in France, uh, MacGyver and Jack now are being ready to be electricry. Electricry? Yep. <laughs> electricry. <laughs> Electrically tortured. Right. Uh, the old uh, sparky, sparky probe thing. Uh, I don't know what you call it. Yeah, he's just he's got these two wands, the yeah. metal wands, and he's tapping them together, and they're sparking all over. Uh, so MacGyver and Jack. Uh, go through a really great routine where Jack like stands up and says, he made me do it. He talked me into this whole thing. And, and then Mac- they both start fighting. Yeah. And when they, when the two, when Andre and Mr. Braz like come in and try to break them up individually, they both punch their opposing, uh, uh attackers. Yeah. And- but only after MacGyver says now, <laughs> because he's the king of telegraphing moves. Yeah. And then they both just do straight arm punches over each other's shoulders to knock out the two guys. And then then they're left standing there with their arms over each other's shoulders. And then (laughs) Jack is like, Care to dance? No thanks. (laughs) Jack just starts laughing while they like break apart and start collecting their stuff out of the room. But it feels very improvised, that moment. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the things that MacGyver grabs is a oddly placed map that was up on the wall. Right. Uh, in this interrogation room. Because he knows how useful they are. Uh-huh. So he's grabbed the map. Good map will get you where you need to go. That's what that's what Harry says. Um, so as they casually escape the police station just by walking through corridors, um, they hop onto a truck that just happened to be coming by, and they're on their way. Yeah, <laughs> Jack's like, taxi, as the truck's going by. Um, Jack has uh, the bright idea to try to maybe contact the criminal element who might be able to smuggle him out of the country. But instead, MacGyver tries to mentally backtrack the direction that the helicopter went. This is all very far-fetched, but yeah. he, he's assuming 
the direction of the helicopter that it maintained that direction the entire time. And that time. it was flying until it ran out of fuel. Exactly, yeah. That it started with a full tank and would end with a completely empty tank. Yeah. And so he said, well, it's either going to land here at this church or here at this winery. Mm-hmm. And that's so, when... Well, churches are good. Yeah. So it can't be the church and a winery is bad because alcohol is bad. Yeah. But then he goes to, through his, his mental recollections and mm-hmm. she said that she was going to go into the wine cellar and right. get herself a fine champagne. Churches are notorious for not having right any kind of wine cellar. They just keep water. They don't need wine. Yeah. <laughs> they have a guy that, that yeah, does yeah, the yeah. transition. <laughs> oh, so much water to wine. <laughs> what kind of wine? I... It's funny because the winery actually turns water into wine, but the church doesn't. <laughs> oh, how... Imp- <laughs> the irony... The irony. So they uh, they determine based on this very loose projection that the winery must be where they're headed, or at right. least it gives them a jumping off point. And somehow they are there already. Yeah. Even right. though it's like way off the beaten path. And like this truck they hopped on literally drove past the winery. It was the Donay Winery. Yeah. <laughs> drove them right through the gate. Um, but as soon as they get to the winery, they see that there's like armed guards walking around. And uh, when they get inside the perimeter, they find motion detectors. Yeah, they have they have a fence all around the property, but they have stairs stacked up to the top of the fence on yeah. one side, essentially. Um, so they're trying to tiptoe over the uh, motion sensors, which are at ground level. Yeah, they're like garage they're door at, lasers. Yeah, they're at they're at rabbit height. Yeah, pretty much. Which is a which is probably the wrong way to do that anyway. Like they should be at at a height or somewhere that you don't even notice them until you've already tripped it. Yeah, but. They're they're at this height because whoever decided they would use garage door lasers and mirrors that they were just like, oh well, this is where they go. Yeah. <laughs> they go on the ground. Uh, that's why that's what happens when you have a garage door installer install your motion detection system. Yeah, exactly. Thought it would be cheaper. Um, so while they're sneaking through, Jack notices a rabbit hopping around. Which should be setting these alarms off around the clock. Yeah. If rabbits can get inside of this, like. How the, in Australia there was a thousand mile rabbit proof fence, and here there's like a two hundred foot non rabbit proof. Yeah, fence. like I don't understand how the rabbit even got in there. Is that what rabbit proof fence is about? <laughs> yeah, it it kept rabbits out for the farmers and stuff. Ah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I've not watched that movie. It's a good one. Uh, so uh, the rabbit sets off the alarm. And Jack runs over and captures the rabbit, and he's like holding it, like to keep it quiet. I was like, "Don't you... say anything." <laughs> Rabbits do make noise, but they're I don't think they're notoriously loud. <laughs> Just like that, uh, that gopher that's like screaming in that video. <laughs> yeah. Or a goat. <laughs> um, That'd be funny if they looked at like MacGyver saw the rabbit or something like that, and they were like, "Is this a trick?" And he's like, "No, tricks are for kids." <laughs> That would have been funny. No. So Jack hides. <laughs> With the rabbit in his arms. Yeah. Instead of letting it run around to explain why the alarms are going to continue yeah. to go Yeah, like, that would have been the obvious thing. Yeah. Like, but MacGyver's captured, and uh, Jack hides in a barrel, and so uh, Danae comes out with the rest of the guards, and they... Uh, Search everywhere but the barrel. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, at this point, uh, Mr. Russell, one of the buyers, arrives. Yeah. And 
uh, Elaine uh, Iturbi, the sorry Leanne. Yeah. <laughs> Elaine, that's the that's the fake person's Leanne name. Leanne Auber. Mm-hmm. She sees MacGyver and uh, realizes that uh, 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 that you know MacGyver's been captured, so like she Dalton worked... must be out here somewhere. Exactly, but Danae wants to kill MacGyver, and she doesn't want any part of killing. She's like, no, he said. No one would get hurt, and people... She said, Turby didn't need these diamonds, and no one else is going to get hurt, because that was the plan from the yeah. beginning. So, but Danae says, like, I don't want to lose my winery. I'm, I'm a respectable business owner. This is, like, a good front. And so now I only have two risks. MacGyver, and now you. Yeah. But anytime you hear someone say, you said you weren't going to hurt anybody, that means that they're switching sides. Yeah. Like, every, that's 100% means, now this person is a good guy. And we know their intentions were pure from the beginning, even though they totally weren't. Yeah. Uh, she's like she's like Catwoman. Yeah. Uh, so now Donay has locked up uh, Leanne and MacGyver in the winery, just tied them to some giant casks, and uh, while the, the rest of the buyers will soon arrive. Right. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Jack is trying to convince people on the street to help him. Right, just uh, wandering around from person to person. And, uh... Eventually he meets a guy who we see before Jack gets to him has a picture of Jack. Right, and so we suspect that he's working for the police. Right. Um, Especially but, after he takes Jack and knocks him out hardcore and throws him against the wall by yeah. the head. And, uh, so as soon as Jack's knocked out, we come back to MacGyver, who's opened up one of the casks by, by pushing on the, the, the valve with his head. Yeah. And so he's using that to uh, slip out of, like, make the ropes wet and uh, slip out. He slips out. Yeah. And then uh, they start, he frees a, a Leanne, and their only way out is through a giant steel door. Right. Because there's an armed guard behind the exit door. Right. Uh, but the steel door is like barricaded shut, so they don't. They're but then it turns through. out that the steel reinforced part of the door is actually the least door-like part of this wall. Yeah. And, and like they start moving nitrogen tanks, uh, to to, onto a, to loading up onto one of the barrel carts. Yeah. Like just use nitrogen to fr- freeze the locks. Yeah, you've done this a hundred times. Yeah. You know how to do this. Uh, so. Uh, but that doesn't. But this happen. one, this door is double locked. It's though. double. There's two. There's a lock on each side of the door. Oh, okay. So there's no. You can't do that twice. What are you crazy? But that's how he broke out of the the cell. That was and... one lock. But it was on the other side. Anyway. <laughs> um, meanwhile, uh, Jack comes to only to find out that his uh, attacker. Is working for Pete. Yeah. I, I thought it was funny, too. He wakes up and you just see money changing hands. Uh-huh. And we don't know who he, these two people are yet, except that we assume the person who's receiving money is the guy that punched him in the face. Right, right. And then we back up to see that this is Pete paying the guy, because Pete was like, if you see this person, knock him out and bring him to me. Yeah. Bring um, him to me. But I thought it was funny that Pete only gives him, like, half of the money that he has. Right. <laughs> it's just like, why wouldn't that guy be like, well, what's... Where does the rest of that money go? And then yeah. it's just like, it's like oh, well, this is my money. I need this for budgeting. And, for, and then he just gets knocked out. <laughs> and then they both wake up and there's no money left. Well, well, this guy seems to know Pete at least a little bit and was willing to help him out for yeah. money. Yeah. Uh, but he, the guy also wasn't actively looking for Jack. He just, like, happened to notice yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, he happened upon him. Um, and uh, so Jack tells uh, Pete about 
Donay and like where they're at and yeah. the the henchman that Pete hired says, Oh yeah, yeah, they're they're having an auction. Pete's all you didn't tell me that. And he's like, Oh well you didn't tell me you had all that money. Yeah, because Jack says money's no no object. <laughs> yeah. And so Pete's forced to shell out and Jack like makes like a like a pay this man gesture to Pete. <laughs> Uh, and they find out the the location of the third buyer, August Bauman, who uh, and so they and he has even more information on Bauman, yeah, including that he is staying at a very specific hotel and that he is specifically in Suite Three Hundred Seven. Yeah, he knows exactly the room <laughs> that he's in. Uh, this is a well informed guy that Pete hired. Yeah, he should have thought to pay. He should him have brought more, more money, Pete. <laughs> yeah. Um, Pete and Jack arrive at the hotel. Uh, pretending to be like uh, the manager and uh, one of the bellhops, delivering a case of wine from Don- from Donay. Yeah. And Pete casually asks, like, is like, oh, you must be good friends with Donay. He's like, actually, I've never met the man. I was like, aha, I can see where Pete's going with this, but he's not. I thought immediately that Pete was saying, was trying to figure out information about uh, what Bauman knew about Donay. Yeah. Like, oh, he's never met him because they're gonna use it to impersonate him. Yeah. But Pete comes up with that plan afterwards. Yeah. And I was like, well, then why did you ask that question? <laughs> I, I was so excited for this plan. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. so Pete Especially not... when the reason that he identifies him is from an invite to the auction. Right. It's like you're holding an invite. How long is it going to take you to come up with the plan that you use this invite? Yeah, exactly. Um, and so they come up with a plan that Pete will impersonate Bauman. It's a flawed plan, because it starts out with Jack trying to play Bauman. Yeah. And then Pete's like, but they've seen you already. This woman is a part of this evil team, and they know what you look like, so you couldn't possibly play Bauman. And he's like, okay, then I'll play your chauffeur. And Pete's like, sounds good. (laughs) It's like, what? You can't come with me. You cannot come inside with me, Jack. You cannot come inside. If one of them recognizes you, then this whole plan is pointless. Uh, But they go with it. Yeah. They, They go with the chauffeur plan. Yeah. Um... And uh, Pete's concerned because he has to trust Jack. Yeah. But, uh... Which nobody wants to do. Yeah, no one. And no one does. Right, <laughs> yeah, nobody MacGyver. does, really. Um, Pete's uh, portrayal of August Bauman is just, like, a big jerk. Yeah. Yeah, he, the first time, like, they walk him into a room, and Pete's taking chances all over the place. Yeah. Like, first they walk in, and he's like, this is so-and-so, and this is so-and-so, and he says, I've never met you. And it's like... Yeah. How do you know that? What if you've met both of these other prospective buyers? He's got the confidence. Yeah. He's just like, I've never met you. And then they put out their hands to shake hands with him, and he's like, all right, well, let's get this over with. Yeah, well, yeah, because, like, Donay introduces them, and he goes, interesting. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> shall we get down to business? Yeah. Like, he's, he's being very stern. But now with MacGyver and Jack and Pete all in on the same mission is where the title comes from, the odd triple. Yeah. Which is just a playoff of the odd couple, which I don't think I would call three people a triple like if yeah i don't know maybe you would well because it rhymes with couple i feel like it would be like the odd threesome it wouldn't be like the odd couple <laughs> but they but can't then, call it that because there was another episode of another kind of show yeah it's called started. the odd threesome and it was about a lady and a guy and a guy and he was weird it was very got real weird <laughs> it was very odd um so uh Donay leads them into a wine tasting room. Yeah. Which is the most unappealing wine tasting room. Yeah. Unless it's just like for the for the growers, like just to like Yeah, everything's fine with this wine, send yeah. it off. It doesn't look nice. It's mm-hmm. it's a utility room. Yeah, it's, it's a like closet. in the basement too. 
Um, and so Pete's plan is to... But Donet, when he brings them in there, is like extolling all the virtues of this room. Yeah. It's got walls and one door. One door and <laughs> bricks and these jewels. Yeah. Um, uh, Pete needs to keep the bidding going. Right. Which he's terrible at. Yeah. He's horrible. Instead of doing it very small increments yeah. and trying to push other people's numbers up, he's just jumping by like 5,000 yeah, at a time. Yeah, exactly. It's like, uh, people are like getting like upset at him yeah. for going so high. Well, um, millions at a time, not thousands. But yeah, yeah, but still, like people are like, no, come on, dude, play the game. Um, uh, so, meanwhile, uh, Jack, as the chauffeur, is like walking around nervously and the guy, the guard who's with him, says, "What are you? What are you doing?" He's like, "I've got twenty-five million dollars here. Yeah. I'm so In nervous. In this briefcase, I'm very nervous." <laughs> and he's like, "Twenty-five million, huh? Well, we're very safe here." And he's like, "Safe? I heard someone broke in earlier yeah. today." He said, "Yeah, well, we got him. We got him. <laughs> we got him." <laughs> <laughs> he's in the basement. He's, or he's, he's, he's like, locked in the wine cellar. Right down there. Right down there. In the, in the wine cellar. Yeah. <laughs> like, Have you ever seen $25 million? No. Show it to me. <laughs> yeah. I wonder what it looks like. Probably piles of money. <laughs> I just love that scene in uh, in Dodgeball. You ever seen $50,000 looks like? He opens it up and there's just two stacks of bills. <laughs> doesn't take a lot of paper to add up to $50,000. Uh, but in Jack's briefcase, it's just a hose that shoots powder in your face. Yeah. <laughs> it just knockout blasts powder. him with knockout powder. And the guy collapses instantly. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's just out. And so, rather than taking his gun... Yeah, it doesn't take this guy's gun. Yeah. And then Jack heads in the direction that he said that their prisoner was being held. Yeah. And uh, he encounters another guard who he easily fools by asking for where the bathroom is. The yeah. guard goes, oh, it's right over. And then he uses the second knockout function of the briefcase, <laughs> the which briefcase. is to just hit someone in the face. <laughs> he just knocks the guy out. Oh, man, those things have corners, you know, too. Yeah. Uh, and he doesn't, doesn't take, take that... this guy's gun either. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, and the third guard, uh, who... Uh, who left the auction to the to the bidders? Yeah, comes out and starts finding all these people knocked out, uh, while Jack uh, gets to Mac and Leanne and lets and uh, who they're already working on their plan to escape. Yeah, of uh, they got the barrels rigged up with uh, the nitrogen tanks. Right, basically building a rocket. Yeah, and uh, as Jack comes in to like to gloat about how he's rescued them, uh, the the last remaining guard. Opens, opens the door. Fire on them. Yeah, he opens the door into the. Well, the door's already open. Yeah. He leans into the door right as Jack's showing them, this is how we'll leave. Yeah. And then he starts firing at them and they, they all hide and mm-hmm. then the guy closes and locks the door. Yeah. And the guy didn't enter until Jack had revealed, oh, Pete's here too and he's posing as one of the buyers. Well, I don't even think that would that mattered that much because as long as the guy knew that the chauffeur was a fake in there to steal everything, then he would have known that the guy that he came with was, was probably a fraud. fake too, yeah. Uh, so they're locked in, and uh, now they know that uh, Pete's going to be put in danger. And the guard, you know, guard runs over and like interrupts the auction just as the Pete as Bauman is winning. Right again for like twenty two million or something yeah, like that. Yeah, he, he it's their thirty two million is the actual value of the jewels, and mm-hmm. he's already bid up to twenty two million dollars. And he's like, 
he's completely outbid them and forced them to give up. Yeah. Uh, their bids. It's like that's not how you keep bidding going. Yeah. You. Especially when he's doing things like, he's like seventeen million, and then the other guy's like eighteen million. He's like twenty million. Yeah. It's like just say eighteen five. Make yeah. this take longer. That's the whole point. Um. So uh, Donay pulls a gun on Pete, which is a weird commercial break moment. Yeah. Because. They pull... We come back and Pete's dead. Yeah, because they they're they're like cocking their guns and they're all goodbye. And it's like reaching for the trigger and cut. Yeah, and then they come back. You hear a bang and we come back. <laughs> That'd be funny. Um, so now Pete's still stalling for time. Yeah, he's like well, he's just can't... like I'll give you sixteen million dollars if you let me go. <laughs> it's like you can't kill me in front of these witnesses. Today's <laughs> all. They're not witnesses. They're they're accomplices. They're buying stolen jewels. Yeah, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I guess I never thought of that." Yeah, because because even even the even the buyers are all like, "Kill him so we can get business done." Yeah, and then they're slowly moving in on Pete. Meanwhile, yeah. back in the wine cellar, they're officially setting off the uh, the nitrous tanks mm-hmm. that are all connected to this giant barrel on wheels. Yeah, and they crack off the heads and just blast it through a wall yeah oh my gosh it just happens to go right into their tasting room right into the tasting room and not kill pete yeah it breaks open a brick wall and surprises everyone yeah and somehow macgyver and jack are able to get in around it and knock out anyone who wasn't knocked out by the barrel coming through the door yeah um but like, yeah because but somehow pete's fine because mac comes in and punches donay once yeah. And then we see Pete and Jack fight a guy. Then Donay is back on his feet. Yeah. And MacGyver has to punch him again. Yeah. It's just like, oh, man. Yeah, this could have gone real bad. Um, And then uh, and then finally, Leanne has the, th- the thought to pick up a gun and hold people at gunpoint. Yeah. Um, And uh, there's like, you think, okay, there's still so much left to do because they've they've got to prove that MacGyver and Jack are American citizens. They, they have to prove con- that they're innocent. They, they didn't know con- what was going on. They gotta, like, accuse the inspector of torture. We have and- to find out if Leanne gets punished the same way that yeah. Donay gets punished. Um, what happens to the buyers. Yeah, oh, so much. But instead, instead of all that, Jack interrupts and says, oh, great, you know, we're, we're a great team. You I'm know? glad we're all here. By the way, I just remembered, there's some buried treasure and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, there's a sunken ship full of Nazi gold. Yeah. It's like, what, what does it matter if it's Nazi gold? Yeah. I mean, really. Um, but then it just ends. The show just ends. Yeah. It's just over with them going, oh, Jack, you and your plans. Yeah. It's like, we're still in the middle of one of your plans. Like, this, if you knew about a bunch of Nazi gold that was somewhere, why why aren't we doing that instead yeah, of this? Yeah, doing that instead. Um, He's like, all we need is a diving bell and three bathing suits. It's like, <laughs> a diving bell? What is this, 1910? What is your problem, Jack? <laughs> we, we can... We can, we rent, can a rent a submarine. submarine. <laughs> We're the Phoenix Foundation. We have research vessels. <laughs> um, yeah, it's. I mean, it's not, it's not a bad episode. I like the episode. Yeah, it's fun, but the ending is really bad. Yeah, it's just like I, there are too many loose ends that they they. I guess they try to kind of tie them up earlier. He says, "Oh, don't worry, Leanne's on our side. She's going to testify against Anne." Yeah. And I guess from that you could insinuate that she's going to make a deal so that she doesn't go to date go to jail yeah yeah uh but... i also and, and i know the show is basically over now but i would have liked to see mythbusters test blasting a a giant a cask of wine through a two brick thick wall yeah because it was actually two bricks right yeah it was two, la- two layers of bricks and 
I, I feel like the the barrel would just break when it hit the wall. I could uh, be wrong. Well, it there's is, enough momentum. It has enough momentum, and it's also full of wine. Yeah. So that hydraulic effect, I don't know. It 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 probably would have shattered the barrel. Yeah. And also, I I don't know even with all those tanks, if it would have moved at all. Well, it seemed like they were able to push it around pretty easily. Mm, that's true. And I know on Mythbusters they were able to punch one of those tanks and have it punched th- through a brick wall yeah. by itself. But well, they even got water this... heaters to do that. So. But it was going much faster than this stuff was going with the barrel on mm-hmm. top of it. Plus, though, it wouldn't go straight. For that, that, that's a that's a key thing. These caster wheels. They yeah. wobble, but also you've got all that liquid moving around. Yeah, and that's gonna keep throwing it off. Yeah, like you said when we were watching it, like it would have just immediately kicked sideways and just, just yeah, snagged crashed. itself in the in the hallway. Which which could have been funny if that would have happened. Yeah, because then it would have like started knocking over all the barrels, and then the whole wall gets knocked down yeah. on the other side. So like I mean, obviously that's too much to stage, but. Uh, that would have been like a like a fun moment. Like, what oh, if it just got lodged in there sideways, and then MacGyver just ran up and kicked off one of the tanks, and it just fired a hole through the wall by yeah, itself? Yeah, exactly. You just use like the you tank. don't need this whole thing. Just use the tanks. Because that, that's what he did in uh, the pilot. Yeah. He did. They just used a tank of gas. Yeah. And like a torpedo. Yeah. And he could fire multiple because he had all of them. But that would have just taken Pete's head clean off. That's true. <laughs> Rather than crushing him under debris. Yeah. Uh. So it, a piece. Yeah, but it's a it's a good episode. I, I, I always have a lot of fun when Jack is uh, in, in the mix. Yeah. And the 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 relationship between all three of them is so clear. Like, Mac and Jack are good friends. They can read each other. They understand each other. But Mac always, like, knows that he's going to be used. Pete hates Jack. Yeah. But, you know, is willing to do whatever it takes to save MacGyver. Yeah. Um. And, uh, and so it's a it's a really fun dynamic. That's why Jack is such the perfect character to add to the show. Because he is, he is like, he is to MacGyver as MacGyver is to Pete. Yeah. Where it's like, you're crazier than me, but I'm going to get you out of trouble whenever I can for some reason. Yeah. Uh, the only difference is that that MacGyver often, often does favors for Pete. Mm-hmm. And Jack never does any favors for right. MacGyver. Yeah. MacGyver helped Pete rescue his family. Yeah. And rescue a Russian spy. And saves his life in, like, every third episode. Mm-hmm. Whereas Jack just gets MacGyver in trouble every time. And, get, and gets people killed. And we do get that Nazi gold episode, although it's a long ways off. Yeah. Oh, man, that's such a good episode, too. Yeah. Um, uh, I think it's Russian gold, though, too. Oh, is it Russian I, I and it, Nazi, or... I think... I, if we're talking about the the one that's up in the snow, yeah, the plane crash, yeah, yeah, yeah I think it's it's Russian gold. Oh, okay. Uh, as I recall. All right. Well, we'll get there when we get there. Yeah, it's a good episode though. Yeah, um, I think that's about it for this episode. Yeah. Um, if you have any thoughts you want to share with us, you can find us on our Twitter at Opening Gambit, or you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Phoenix Foundation Podcast, or our website, phoenixfoundationpodcast.com. And if you're digging the show, feel free to review us on iTunes. Uh, Tune in next week. We're going to be covering Season 3, Episode 15, The Negotiator. Thank you for listening. Thank you.